0: Off the Ball Daily, a home for your favorite podcasts from Off the Ball. my I <laughs> You know what I mean? And
1: I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. and me being the super bows man I am. I brought Bows jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball
0: Daily.
2: Now then, you're welcome along. So we'll be talking plenty of limerick, as you might imagine. Four in a row done. Four in a row and counting, I think, is the important distinction to make with respect to Cork in the 1940s and Kilkenny in the 2000s. So four in a row and counting is the story. We'll talk to David Herity and James O'Connor after eight o'clock. Lauren Stalingham will join us in the final hour of the show as Brian Harmon surprised everyone, really. Immune to the pressure, it seemed like, Rory McElroy's pudding woes Cost him 17 shots on the green to Harmon. It was that kind of w- a week for Rory. So Lawrence Donegan will talk to us after nine, as will uh, Rashida Adeleke, who has turned professional fresh from her NCAA victory in the 400 metres. So uh, she's got a pretty interesting year ahead. World Championships in August and the Olympic Games next year. So that is all on the way. 53106, the text number. We're at Off the Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy, hello to you as usual. Hello, Joseph. And Anne-Marie Donlan on a Monday.
3: I know, what an intro God. there. Woof,
2: feels like I think Sunday. the
3: last time I was on here with you, oh, yeah. Rory had just not won the Masters. <laughs> 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 it's been that long. And three majors later... So here we are
2: what we're saying Limerick really good at hurling McIlroy faltering at the majors good, good to we catch could
3: you up you just set a tape <laughs>
0: I know the, the narrative around Rory McIlroy is a disgrace you're he right. finishes at the top what's he finished sixth again he has uh, seven top tens in eight majors over the last two years so if you're you know some would argue it's incredible
2: consistency If it, it was a prize for cumulative under par scoring in the majors he is so far ahead of everybody over the last two years it's not even true and yet, Wyndham Clark has the week of his life in LACC. Brian Harman has the week of his life at uh, Hoylake. It's that kind of a vibe, unfortunately. Mm. He keeps being uh, pipped by somebody else. Although, to be fair, this
0: week, his putter was yeah. just not good. Not good at all. Tell us about Brian Harman, though. Is this a Lucas Glover... I know he's around, right? But say in five years when we're looking back, are we going to look back at 2023 and see Wyndham Clark and Brian Harman and go, what the hell was going on in 2023? Yeah. Wyndham Clark, I don't think so. Remember Todd Hamilton and yeah Todd ben Hamilton Curtis. and Ben Curtis back to back in the opens? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's not as extreme as those. Wyndham Clark could go on to do very good things and he won one of the elevated events this year yeah. at Wells Fargo. So he's beaten good fields and I think, you know, he'll he'll be a top 50 player for sure. Harmon's an interesting case. Like, he's such a small fella. You see him, he's a dimin- diminutive uh, physical presence at youth level, underage level. Apparently, I didn't really know this until this week, he was the guy. He was killing everybody. He was winning everything. And then he's arrived on tour and it turns out that hitting the ball 280, 285... When you're playing all. Yeah. Wow. And you see on Lynx, he hits those yeah. fairways and the ball runs forever. And so he can compete and manufacture shots. And he's always been a ridiculous putter. So it makes sense that he was able to win at a Lynx course in the manner that he did. But, I mean, are the floodgates about to open for a 36-year-old <laughs> Brian Harmon? No. Like, this is it. This is the great moment of his life. Maybe he makes a Ryder Cup team and he'd be a bloody reliable partner. He hits every fairway and... He's a lethal putter, so like he's twenty ninth in the world. I don't think you'll say, "Well, that's weird, Brian." Who? He's been like hanging around for fifteen, sixteen years, which means you're a very good player. But nobody tipped him before yeah. the week. Obviously, it's that kind of a. It's it's still a
0: more Lucas Glover than ben, than
2: uh, Ben Curtis. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I would like the last two winners at Hoylake were Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. So. Brian Harmon's not the next name you automatically uh, suggest We <laughs> don't to be disrespectful to him because like bloody hell I, I oh,
0: he was the first the first person to do that in the open since Oosthuizen uh, in like 2010 yeah, I think it's right, the, he yeah. was definitely the first person with a five shot lead going into Saturday and I think given that he never gave it back I think it's probably a fair comparison yes. to go the whole week with, with that time. So,
2: and he wobbled very badly both Saturday and Sunday early on like yeah, two, early two bogeys on, yeah. two bogeys oh, the, the entire world except for he Brian. threatened
3: to collapse he did yeah
2: entire world, except for Brian Harman's family, said, oh, here we go. Uh, and at one stage I was watching and I, there was a close up of him after making a bogey, And I said, ah, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the pressure crumbling someone. It's one of the great traditions in golf. And in fairness to him, he kept bouncing back. So if you make 57 or 58 puts inside 10 feet and you hit every fairway, you're going to be tricky. I feel like we're talking too much about the Open, given the <laughs> events of the weekend. It was just... Yeah, a damp squib, both in weather terms. And, yeah, it
3: didn't do it for me. No, I think the weather has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it has to look nice. Is it, is <laughs> it, it does. Yeah, I is know it's superficial, but it does.
2: And he was getting. I mean, he was playing with Tommy Fleetwood on the Saturday, and she's the home crowd were pretty tough on Paul yeah. O'Brien.
0: If the weather gets that bad, I want it to be almost unplayable. Mm. which it never got you want a farce kind of a little bit yeah yeah. Uh, but it never got that way unfortunately so it was like it was a perfectly fine course and horrible to look at yeah
2: yeah pretty much we should kick on with the news round Anne-Marie, you have all the reaction from the Hurling, I think starting with John Kiley?
3: Yeah, it was of course Limerick's day yesterday and thousands of supporters have made their way to the city this evening to celebrate their fourth consecutive All-Ireland Hurling title. The players and management team are due on stage shortly at Perry Square. They arrived home with the Liam McCarthy Cup last night after a nine-point win over Kilkenny in the final at Croke Park. That was a fifth All-Ireland in six years for John Kiley's side. Keane Lynch captained the side on the day as Declan Hannan missed out through injury. Speaking after the game, Kiley had particular praise for the Patrick's well
1: man. To fill Declan Hannan's shoes is you no know, mean feat. You know, I thought Keane has been a, a really great vice-captain with Declan, if you like. The two of them work extremely well together off the pitch and on the pitch. Uh, but off the pitch, as captains, they do an awful lot of work behind the scenes. They really do look after the group. They're very much in tune with the group. But it's uh, still difficult for Keane coming out of the season that he's had. You know, not being able to be involved for much of the season because of injury and trying to get him right, and himself struggling with that and finding it difficult. And then to play in the semi-final was a huge piece for him. Having the four weeks to come into it and get ready for it was massive for him. And I think he just stepped up, you know, Keane just stepped up. And even on the train this morning coming up, the way he was getting around to all the tables on the train and meeting all the lads, he just led it. And he was very comfortable in leading it. And that's a really special piece for us to have at our disposal, you know, when Declan was out. So I'm thrilled for Keane. Um, I was so, so thrilled to see him lift the McCarthy Cup.
2: And give a great speech as well. Hell of a thing to have 18 months plus dogged by injury, inconsistency, get yourself back, moving in time for an Ireland final, take on the mantle of captaincy and yeah. then absolutely deliver. I think a lot of people felt maybe he was probably the rightful mm. man of the match as
0: well as Peter Casey played. I was talking to people a couple of weeks ago who were suggesting that like the, he obviously played well against Galway and they were suggesting the four-week Break after the Munster final didn't world good because as much as the injuries have hampered him, I think coming back at the start of the year and not being Keen Lynch affected his confidence. Um, because he's never not been Keen Lynch his entire career, since he was playing for Limerick at 18, he's been getting better and better. And he did have a rough Munster Championship, like when he was out there, there's no doubt about it. And yesterday, five minutes in, I'm just going, it was do you know what, Joe? At the match, it was just it was a pleasure to watch Keen Lynch yesterday. He was doing little Little, tiny, little things that were just magic. And they were, it's hard to even describe. They're things that I've never really seen hurlers do before that are hard to describe because they're about, like, body position and things like that. Things I would have never thought about in terms of analysing a a hurler's skill before. Just little things like the way he'd lean his body back and just create a bit of space for himself and stuff like that. His hand-passing is spectacular. His ability to make space for those around him. Just little, little, tiny things that just create... Space for for players around him, and he was like he was good on the ball himself. Got a got a score a really early. score that lifted Limerick, and like I I picked him on uh, our quick picks on Friday to get man of the match, and I really did think I was robbed. I have to say, which okay. is far more important than anything else. It but is. it was it was he's one of those people that if you look at it from a genuinely neutral point of view, and there's very few of us that look at anything in hurling as genuinely neutral. He is that pleasure to watch and when he's at his best that there is nobody like him. There's a reason he's very few two-time hurlers of the year and when he was just even a few minutes in yesterday no matter how Limerick played outside of it when you saw Keane Lynch at it you were like I'm so happy to be here to see this because this is this is who he actually is you know so.
3: I'd imagine when you get to All-Ireland after All-Ireland consecutively like that as well it becomes quite habitual like the day and quite regimented and to take on the captaincy He just did it with such absolute ease. You know, he's just so cool, like nothing phases him whatsoever. And it would throw some players and it would add extra pressure onto them. But he just took it in his stride and played out of his skin. Like there aren't really words to describe what he did yesterday when they really needed someone coming up to halftime. It was all him.
2: Yeah, shows what they make of him because... He's trying to get back to his very best and now he's thinking, Oh jeez, i will try to write a speech as well in case we win, I've got to do all this other stuff. No problem. Kylie Knurk, they obviously realized he'll grow into that responsibility as opposed to be
0: cowered yeah. by it. And he's always been a natural leader. Like I mean, if Declan Hannon, probably the greatest hurling captain of all time, didn't happen to be yeah. around at this time, there's no doubt in my mind that Keen Lynch would have been captain of Limerick for the last few years. You know, it's not like it's it's not like who do we go to here. Yes. It was an obvious choice, yes. you know. Yeah.
2: You have some Derek Ling for us then. Uh, touch shell-shocked, I would think, a few Kilkenny players.
3: Yes, so Kilkenny's wait now for another All-Ireland goes into a ninth year. Their last win back in 2015. Feels quite strange to say that. They've lost their last four finals, 2016, 2019, last year and yesterday. This was new manager Derek Ling's first year in charge. He said there was little more that they could have done.
4: Probably they thought we were well in the game until you know, probably midway through the second half. I think, you know, they got that run, they got magnificent scores and I think you you tie down one player, another player turns up. So all the time, you know, they're they have quality all over the pitch, they've quality coming off. more than ourselves, but um I think probably we had we had chances we needed to be really clinical today. Really clinical. And we probably weren't efficient enough with some of the chances that we got. They were you know, they got some fantastic scores in the second half. And I felt maybe A few to 50-50 calls, I thought, probably went Limerick's way and we needed them. We needed everything. Um, We needed maybe, you know, one of those frees maybe around that period just to stem the tide. But when they get a run in you, very, very difficult to to stop it. But I can't fault uh, our players. I thought they were, you know, they never gave up, kept trying.
2: We needed everything is pretty much what every manager will say after losing... To Limerick, unless every little thing goes your way, you're in big trouble. And as he said there, there's so many fires to put out. I mean, like okay, you've kept probably the hurler of the year in many people's eyes, Aaron Galan, relatively quiet, hat tip to Hugh Lawler. But I mean, okay, great, that's good. Groge Hegerty is not running rampage as he has done in finals, that's really good. Peter Case is going to hit you for five from play. Jimmirt Burns isn't going to miss a free. And by the way, Keen Lynch is back to being Keen Lynch yeah. again. So it's just so difficult and like this third quarter business is kind of extraordinary I find it a bit strange to talk about sport this way that oh here comes the third quarter this is where a team will suddenly up it because I don't feel like that's how sports people approach a game and yet there is clearly a trend here with Limerick Michael Verney was making the point that this season aside from their very first game against Clare in the Munster Championship in every other game this Championship the five games since Limerick are behind at halftime and they win so I don't I don't think you could say they're setting out to be behind and this is their master plan and we're going to sucker punch you in the third quarter. I feel maybe it's that every team who plays them throws the kitchen sink at them. And I, I was funny, I was texting Dave McIntyre and I was, I was yesterday, we were talking during the game and I was saying, a bit like the goal of the game, it's like a middleweight is throwing everything he has at the heavyweight. And the heavyweight's shipping a few punches. Like it's not, you're not emerging bloodless, but... Come round 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 and beyond. There's yeah. only one winner.
0: No, I think that's that's a good way of putting it. And look, I, I just think they got into a, pla- a, a place that maybe it was Kilkenny just didn't have it anymore and Limerick were just there at full pelt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was, but to watch it, they were in a flow state. I don't think I've ever seen it on a pitch before. They were absolutely incredible. And I would say it was all 15 men on the field at any one time were all doing it together, in sync. And, you know, some of the scores they got, I was down that end, Joe, and they got ter- 21 scores, 21 points into that goal Were you doing that? in the That's, second that half. That was the right end to be out Yeah, like. no, it was over in the corner. But at the same time, it was, uh, you know, 21 scores in there. And a lot of those... You know what Limerick do better than anyone else is that creating that space in the full forward line, the diagonal ball in. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, when you actually just see it, the eye line of how they're doing it and how they create that space and how the hit the bot the, the vision comes before the run as such, you know, like and 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 it's all happening in sync. They're absolutely outstanding. It is. I know what you mean about the uh, about kind of like if we know that the third quarter is coming and so on. Why can't we do something to stop it? It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but. This team are just incredible. I can't believe that, like, I knew this but didn't know it, if you know what I mean, that Kilkenny have lost four well, All-Ireland finals well. in a row, you know. The fact our, that they keep making it is kind of incredible. Are Kilkenny bottlers? Well, they're in a famine. <laughs> <as. Yeah. laughs> Bottling Kilkenny in a famine that Brian Cody led them into, as well, David Herity said David to David said it, yeah.
2: It's like, Brian let
0: us out of the famine. I suppose he probably led us back into the start of another famine. <laughs> no disrespect intended, he added. Can I add just one more thing before we move off Limerick? Yeah. Just because I think the historical context is important, right? Is that like not just in hurling, and you mentioned Cork and Kilkenny's fours four in a row, but in GA in general, outside of the traditional big tree in um, in hurling, and you know you have um, Kerry and Dublin in football. We've had a few trees in a row and stuff like that, but Galway in the sixties, for example. But we've never had a team outside of those traditional five counties dominate in a hundred years since the Wexford team of the 1920s in football and I think that is it's an amazing shift in tradition and patterns that I know it's Limerick I know they were the fourth traditional team anyway but the fact that they have elevated themselves into it's not just a breakthrough it's a dominance it's kind of a remarkable thing
2: Yeah Do you think as a final point my sense is people still really like this Limerick team they're not tired of the success do you think if it was one of the traditional big three the country would be a bit fed up with them
0: it's an interesting idea because I always, I always thought that the the country gets fed up with the non big tree quicker, as in as a as a sort of a ah look, you know, it was great, it was great when you came, but we're sick, of you know, we're we not having old Cork Kenny final, but yeah, you're right. I don't think that has been the case. with. spoken like a true Clare fan of the nineties. Oh, without a doubt. Oh my God, get over it.
3: We're kind of bred as Irish people, though, to appreciate underdogs and yeah, root for underdogs. I think so. I think there was more so than last year a bit of a shift more so the neutrals towards Kilkenny yesterday
2: Okay first time maybe the country was like come on plucky Kilkenny Like it felt bizarre to
3: (laughs) be thinking Kilkenny the underdog but I think so yeah
0: Speaking of uh, speaking of underdogs though did you see uh, John Coyle's big embrace of JP No I missed all that in the celebrations I was over to see what Brian Harmon JP
3: as well beside John Coyle at the celebrations in the pub that they went to last yeah. night.
2: Yeah. yeah, rightly so. We have World Cup action today.
3: The FIFA Women's World Cup continues. Yeah, Brazil began their campaign with an impressive 4-0 win over Panama in Group F today. Elsewhere then, two-time winners Germany looked really impressive as they hammered Morocco 6-0 in Group H. And Italy beat Argentina 1-0 in Group G in Auckland. Meanwhile, there was sad news today as it was announced that former England striker Trevor Francis has died at the age of 69. That was after suffering a heart attack in Spain. In 1979, he became Britain's first million-pound player after moving from Birmingham to Nottingham Forest. Later that year, Francis scored the winning goal in the European Cup final for Forest, who have said that he's a true legend who will never be forgotten.
2: Yeah, I mean, just... Trevor Francis, one million pounds. It's just one of these things ingrained in all yeah. football fans and the European Cup goal. Seems like a real gent as well, looking at the outpouring from fellow footballers. So um, desperately sad news. I, I read an interview with him a couple of years ago. His wife had passed away. Mm. And Six
0: years ago now. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: it was 17 and he was two years on and talking about still not being over it in a difficult time and came across as a, a sensitive soul as well. Yeah,
0: Hayley McQueen from Sky Sports was tweeting about him earlier and saying that like, he never actually got over the loss of his wife and that they were just like this, you know, he was a gentleman that took her under a wing at a World Cup or whatever and that they were such a great couple. So, yeah, really, really sad. It's funny for people our generation, I don't, like, I don't remember him as a footballer, I knew about him obviously, but he was like the Monday Night Football uh, commentator I don't know if it was before or after he was Sheffield Wednesday manager it's all kind of mixed up in my head as to when that was but I always thought he was great on commentary he used to get like, really really excited and uh, he was a good voice in the kind of Andy Gray dominated era of, uh, of uh, Sky Sports
2: Yeah well very sad very sudden um, meanwhile there's news on Mbappe where would PSG have accepted a £300 million <laughs> pound offer from I wonder
3: Paris Saint-Germain have reportedly, Joe, accepted a bid for Kylian Mbappe, as you say, for €300 million. The offer comes from... Saudi Arabian side Al-Halal, and it's a world record for a player. It's believed a number of clubs, including a few from the Premier League, also contacted PSG in recent days. Mbappe was put up for sale after telling the club he won't extend his contract beyond 2024. So Al-Halal have bid. We don't know yet what he wants to do. Hopefully not. Go to Al-Halal.
2: I'd be shocked. I, I mean... <laughs>
0: Would you be any more? Like, I know I would. Yeah, I would. That'd be a new extreme. I know. Le- not like, what a waste of money paying three hundred quid when you get for free next summer.
2: <laughs> three hundred <laughs> quid, you said there. Three hundred. Jeez,
0: if he goes, that would just be.
3: It'd be grim. Hard
0: to fathom.
2: Yeah. It'd so be really I wouldn't think take. so. So that would appear if other Premier League
0: sides are bidding as well. PSG are going to cash in on him. Yeah, that was set hour. over the weekend. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to let him leave in a free he apparently wants to leave to Madrid and the PSG believe it's already they're going yeah. to try and put a spanner in that shit yeah. okay
2: interesting uh, we should just mention before we go Mona McSherry
3: She'll swim in tomorrow's 100 metre breaststroke final at the World Aquatics Championships in Japan. She had the fourth fastest time in the semifinals today, 1 minute 5.96 seconds. And that time also secures her place at next year's Olympic Games in Paris. Tomorrow will be her first World Championship final. Speaking today, the 22-year-old Sligo native couldn't hide her excitement.
0: I'm super excited. I was reminiscing earlier today about my last Worlds, which was 2017, and I remember watching the final with my coach Grace, um, and we were—I was just in awe. so to be able to, you know, look forward—was it six years now—and actually be in that final that I was just watching and just so excited to even witness uh, six years ago was really exciting. Knowing that, you know, I got the Olympic time, and that's inevitably what I came here to do. And then having such a big swim this morning, I was like, look, if I can get anywhere near that tonight, I'll be happy bonus and that that's what it was the final is just a bonus now and that's great you know being able to progress through the rounds like I have
3: confidently is, is great.
2: Okay we are pretty much out of time Amory. let's do this again. Well, do you want to do it Ryder Cup time Augusta?
3: I'm here tomorrow
2: Oh okay I'm out tomorrow I'm Wednesday. Oh, no. Wednesday?
3: Wednesday I'm back yeah
2: Okay let's do it Wednesday. You're all week Joe <laughs> Nick McCarthy thank you very much. Thank you